0: Welcome to the Cattle Call Podcast. We are starting another quizzing. Uh, we had a, a little issues during the connection, but I think it didn't affect the, the quality and the content of this episode. So just want you aware of that and to stay with us and enjoy this call. Thank you very much. And before we go ahead and call Dr. Zinn, let me go and, and uh, call Brooke. Hello, Brooke. Hi, Pedro. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Is it a good time for a call? It's always a great time for a cattle call. Hello, Dr. Z. Hello, Pedro Brooke. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. So good, good. So, Brooke, what is the question that we have today to Dr. Z? So we're kind of finishing up our fat fat discussions here this month. And so want we have kind of a two-part question here. The first being, um, what are some some ways that people can mix the fat into the supplemental fat into their diet. And then a second one is what are some of the concerns when removing fat from the diet?
1: All right. <clears throat> these are, these are good questions, especially uh, the first question about uh, mixing fat in the diet. The uh, one of the benefits of fat, of course, is to control dustiness and and so it's not unusual for for feedlots to add fat actually to the forage component before it goes into the grinder to to almost completely eliminate dust and and so this is a real big advantage. Usually add about maybe one and a half to two percent fat to the to the hay as it's being ground, and and so there's a, a real advantage there. It used to be thought that when you add fat to say forage that it would greatly reduce fiber digestion but we did a number of studies years ago to show that that was not the case that coating even coating the uh the forage with fat made no difference in terms of fiber digestion so in conventional feedlot diets it should be understood that fiber digestion is low to start out with but uh but fat doesn't make it worse Um, Another thing another consideration with with the mixing of fat is uh, is is coating the concentrate portion of the diet and uh, you know again a number of studies have been conducted to evaluate this effect and and basically what we see is that it does not have any effect on extent of uh, fermentation and and total tract digestion, but it may reduce the rate, especially the initial rate of fermentation, which could be a beneficial effect of of adding it directly. And for that matter, mostly uh, the fat is added uh, to the the concentrate portion of the diet mixed, and then the forage component is added. So this is, uh, it's usually added midway through through the mix. And that's probably the preferred way of adding fat to the, to the diet. By doing this, what it does is it eliminates sequestering the fat in the, in the forage component, especially if the level of fat supplementation is low. So those are just some considerations of how fat would be added to the diet. Now we're talking about liquid fat, of course, if fat was you know, if we're feeding a sequestered fat, like in some other countries, you know, they do that because they simply don't have fat handling capability, but they want to feed fat. So uh, they feed sequestered fats and that then it wouldn't matter. It'd just be, you know, added as a component of the concentrate portion of the diet. Now, the second question is the consequences of not adding fat. To start with, we should understand that actually, uh as a general rule, the addition of supplemental fat to feedlot diets was almost unheard of 40 years ago, except for let's say Arizona and California. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but, uh, but it just wasn't a common practice. And so, so actually some of the work that was done at the uh, UC Desert Research Center was instrumental in demonstrating the benefit the many benefits of adding fat to the to the formulation and this grew until pretty much uh, virtually all major feedlot uh, operations were adding fat to the diet it became so popular that it actually became what we'll call a sacred cow in other words they just were afraid to take it out of the diet like what would happen if we took fat out and uh and so this has been a, an issue a lot of people are very concerned about taking fat out and so and so it's it's worthy you know to just say what would what would be the consequences well if we look at uh in terms of just strictly from a caloric basis um obviously fat has about 3 times the value of grain corn and and so it's a method of increasing energy density of the diet without increasing digestive risk in terms of you know if three percent fat would be like adding nine percent more corn to the diet okay for example and and so you you know it 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 gives that benefit another so it it has that aspect the method of increasing energy density without um, increasing potential digestive dysfunctions the other benefit um, the other thing that, of course, comes in fat is that it's a way of increasing energy density without making a major increase. In other words, uh, it's you know you see a lot of feedlots. Nutritionists will actually increase the amount of fat in the diet during the summertime because they they want to get the cattle to have it. You know a, a to to not see energy intake drop so much and, and still maintain uh, and they're, they're, you know, by that means maintain growth performance. But another thing uh, that we often forget is, uh, you know, over the last, let's say 50 years or so, there's been a number of studies uh, that have evaluated the comparative feeding value of fat. Uh, And in these studies, let's say, you know, like we did a 17 trial review a while back. And in those studies, 75% of those studies showed increased average daily gain. And the average increase in daily weight gain was five, a little over 5%. So uh, removing fat from the diet may have uh, predictably a drop in average daily gain. And, and uh, actually, uh Pretty significant drop in average daily gain. So this is a this should be a concern. And and in fact, when we look at the uh, all the studies, when we look at net energy value of fat, we see this really high uh, net energy value. But but actually, uh, the gain efficiency. Some of the improvement in gain in the additional gain efficiency is due to the increased average. Energy. Uh, and virtually 100% of the studies where fat was supplemented at let's say less than uh, less 7% uh, of the total lipid intake that in those instances um, 100% of the time gain efficiency was improved. So you have a, um, those are some, you know, some concerns that feedlots might be, and a feedlot would definitely pick up on that. In other words, they would definitely see a change in gain efficiency. And so, you know, for you, Pedro and Brooke, and then others who might be listening, something to remember is that nutritionists usually want to try to keep the diets isocaloric. In other words, they don't like, they may make diet formulation changes, but they like the diet to keep the same energy density, because if they don't, then what's going to happen is there's going to be changes in feed intake and, and then it's going to look bad. You know the, nutri- the feedlot's going kind to of wonder why their their uh, feed conversions changed. But definitely, you take fat out of the diet, your feed conversions are going to change unless you increase the amount of grain, compensate by grain or something else in the diet. The the last thing I would say and, and uh, that most people I think realize is that fat. Uh, if you're looking at from an environmental perspective, let's say that fat supplementation uh, predictably reduces methane energy loss. And although in feedlot cattle, uh, that is less of an issue than it would be in uh, range animals or cattle that are eating lower energy dense diets, but still uh, it reduces uh, the average, maybe between 20, 25% reduction in methane. So that's a, that's another concern, maybe not as big an issue as the economic considerations, but still something that th- would be considered, you know, if we're going to drop fat out of the formulation. So those are just some things, some issues, you know, to consider.
0: No, that's that's really good, Dr. Zin. I think, yeah, you, you covered pretty well. I mean, coming from how we mix, uh, Brooke and I have been talking about that. We've done, that's the third cuisine that we talk about this and I think you cover everything. I don't, I honestly, I I don't have any extra question right now. I don't know if Brooke has any. No, that covered everything pretty well for me too. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to thank you again. This has been uh, quite fun series. We've been talking about fat for the past three months and we've got questions about fat and I think that has helped us and hopefully helped our listeners as well to understand a little bit more about the implications of including and perhaps removing fat and also other benefits or perhaps little at disadvantage that when we include fat in the diet, but the benefits of inclu- uh, increasing energy density, removing dust. And as you just pointed out at the end, uh, these uh decrease in methane emission as well that so those are, are points that that's a very important to to talk about uh so just want to thank you very much dr zin for participating uh with us again i want to thank our listeners and people who are keep listening to us if you want to receive a subscription of of this uh episode just sign up for our newsletter uh this is in the description of this episode. If you have questions or comments, please send that to UCD at gmail.com and we'll be happy to address that. Uh, thank you very much, and remember, it's always a good time for a cattle call. Oh, the cattle are proud, the coyotes are howling. We for the dog is ball, whispers are. Cowboy is singing This lonesome Cattle call